Hey, this is Justin Sinceri, licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. We're going to go into another bad therapy story. I love doing these. And I love that people are finding it helpful. I have a couple more bad therapy stories in my Patreon, five bucks a month, and you get access to a whole other podcast that I have called Polyvagal Patrons. So this comes to us from Amanda, but we're going to make um, a little activity out of this. This will be a good exercise for those who have some difficulty in recognizing red flags. I think that when we're in the situations where red flags are needed to be spotted, it's very difficult to spot them. But when you hear a story like this, it's a lot easier to detect them. So let's use this as an opportunity to detect red flags. And I think you'll be able to get them. Amanda starts off by saying, I am actually quite confused about what happened because I haven't experienced something like this. I was diagnosed with chronic PTSD and anxiety disorder by this therapist. I saw him for almost a year. He commented on my appearance a few times, which made me uncomfortable, but I ignored it. So let's stop right here. Did you pick up a red flag there? If so, what about that was a red flag for you? Did it feel just, eh, something didn't feel right here. And the reason it's a red flag is because this is probably inappropriate for the relationship. If you're in the situation and you feel uncomfortable, that is your body telling you that there's a red flag in the situation. That's your body telling you that there possibly might be something a little off here. Maybe your body says that all the time about lots of things. So maybe you don't 100% trust that. But in this situation, I think it's accurate. So we have to be able to discern when my my body says it, when it's a reflection of an actual red flag versus a reflection of patterns or things that remind me of past uh, pains. So in this situation, let's discern here. I had a red flag reading that. For me, the red flag is about the relationship. For me, the red flag, commenting on appearance, yeah, the man, the male-female aspect of it, that could be red flag. But especially because of the relationship and the power dynamic between a therapist and a client. And we're taught in therapy school that there is a power differential. Even though we're supposed to be meeting in the middle, the clients come into the room in a, in a, in a power differential, like it's, it's, they don't, clients don't walk into the room feeling equal to the therapist. And I know when I walked into the room with the few therapists I've tried out, I felt the same way. Like I'm here with the expert. I'm here, even though I'm a therapist, there, there's, there is that power differential. And part of it also is just, you want to be polite. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to make a fuss. So there is a power differential. So for on that level, having that differential and then having the comment on appearance, which happened a few times, that's a red flag. Do therapists comment on appearance? So let's, let's start to discern even further. And I really want people to know what is normal or what's within the normal range for a therapist. Do therapists comment on appearance? Possibly, yeah. If I'm concerned about basic grooming, basic functioning, 
Yeah, I might comment on someone's appearance, but it would be more about inquiring, assessing. I could use that information as part of a a mental health like status assessment just to assess basic functioning at someone's level of basic functioning. Commenting on appearance or inquiring about appearance could be within the normal range. It actually could be a really good idea. But commenting on an appearance is different than inquiring and asking and assessing, really. So it could be within the normal range. This doesn't sound like that. And I've been in those situations where I have clients that come in kind of smelly. And not just one time, but multiple times. And no, not because they're just because they're like teenagers, which, you know, that, that happens as well. But, um, but it's an ongoing issue that their, their clothes are, are very dirty. There's holes in them. And so I have to assess, is there an issue of neglect here? Or does he, does he or she have basic needs that are being met or not met? That's different. Do therapists comment on appearance? Possibly. There's another angle here where if a therapist notices that something is significantly different, like there's a there's a been a change. For example, I had a, a client I was working with, and she in one session, well actually in, in multiple sessions, she would come in with black hoodie, wore a lot of black and gray. So for her to go from that, which was session after session after session, to all of a sudden she's wearing this floral print uh, dress, that was a huge change. And underneath that print, the uh, floral print dress she had a long sleeve like gray uh, shirt but that is a significant change so did I comment on that of yeah definitely she and I had a really good rapport though and it was okay for me to say hey you look a lot different or I forgot what I said it was probably something like you're dressed differently (laughs) but I was noticing a change it wasn't a compliment. It wasn't an inappropriate comment. It was, hey, something shifted here. And in the session prior to that, she had one of those energy discharge moments where some uh, panicky freeze energy came out. And after that session, she went shopping. All of a sudden, she was attracted to different clothes. There was a shift there. And different she was pulled in different directions and she got curious about wearing clothes with prints on them and more color and she was like yeah i'm sort of embracing this more feminine side of myself and i like i'm kind of liking this right now so possibly if something's different yeah it's completely appropriate to say hey there's been a shift here but i i would love to hear from my therapeers what do you think about this um this seems like a red flag to me uh, that he commented on her appearance a few times. Are there any other times where you would comment on appearance? I, I'd be curious to hear from you. Amanda goes on to say, he thought it was impossible that I was made fun of for how I looked when I was young. He thought it was impossible that I was made fun of for how I looked when I was young. Is that a red flag for you? For me, it is. Something doesn't quite feel right about that. He thought it was impossible that I was made fun of for how I looked when I was young. So maybe if a client is sharing, I got made fun of when I was young. It's okay to say, help me understand, like, what's the context of that? 
you're just digging for information. That, that's that's appropriate. You're seeking clarity. That's a lot different than something like, but you're so pretty. How could someone make fun of you? That's eh, that's that's different. You know, or I'm I'm shocked that people would make fun of you for how you looked because you look so X Y and Z. That's diff. That's that might be different. But if if they say that I was made fun of when I was young, if there's something that doesn't make sense about that. The therapist can absolutely say, like, help me understand that better. What what am I missing here? She goes on to say, anyways, I started dating after a divorce and a bad relationship, and I felt uncomfortable sharing because he became protective over me. He actually said those words. I thought therapists were supposed to be neutral, so I felt conflicted. So anything there jump out to you as a red flag? So let me go into this first. Are therapists neutral? Not really. Not really. Honestly, when it comes down to it, I don't know. We're human beings. We have feelings. We have these polyvagal states. We have a lot of feelings, just like anybody else, just like our clients. We do. We're, we are not uh, bereft of our feelings. We are not absent of them. We are not neutral. No, we're not. Hopefully, we're more in tune with ourselves. Hopefully, we're more empathetic a, a, an individual than that client is going to get anywhere else. So we have feelings. We have lots of feelings. We have our own feelings. We have, we feel empathy. So we feel the feelings of the client on some level. We, we also feel reactions to that empathy. So there's, there's lots of stuff going on inside of us. Like we, we, we feel the anxiety of whether or not we're useful. Am I doing this right? Am I following the model right? Does the client feel like I'm being helpful? Do I feel competent? So there's that. And if we're working with someone who maybe has some like grief stuff going on, which has lots of layers of feelings to it, we're going to feel those feelings along with the client in our own way. So we're going to feel that grief stuff in our own way. Plus, we're going to feel our own feelings of grief that we may have experienced in the past. So there's numerous things that we feel. Are we neutral? Not really. On that level? No, not really. So do therapists feel protective? I think we can. I know I have. I, I feel protective over my clients in a way. You know, But I work with kids mostly. And so there, there's kind of like this thing of where I'm the adult and they're the kid. And I feel protective over kids in general. I want the best for them. I don't want them to get harmed. I don't want them to do stupid things. So I'm looking out for them. And I, that feels kind of protective for me, but that's different than controlling. And I think, and I'm wondering if that might be a better word for, for what this uh, therapist in the story is doing. He's, he said he was being protective, that he felt protective over her. But it might be more about control or jealousy. She said, I started dating after a divorce and bad relationship, and I felt uncomfortable sharing because he became protective over me. He actually said those words. I thought therapists were supposed to be neutral, so I felt conflicted. So I guess it would just, I would need clarification on what protective means. I feel like my feelings of protection are not inappropriate or out of the norm and so i don't know that's kind of to me that's kind of up in the air there is a kind of red flag flavor there 
because of the other issues. So it has the more of that controlling kind of vibe to me. Do therapists want the best for their clients? Hell yeah. Do we feel some level of compassion? I hope so. (laughs) Do we feel protective? I think so, but I think maybe we need some clarity on what that means. I think I feel protective, but I also know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And then ultimately, ultimately, my clients make their own choices and I can influence those choices, but those choices are out of my control. If a client is not coming to school, I feel protective and I want to, I want them to come to school. I want them to receive an education. I want them to advance in their life. So to me, that feels kind of productive. I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not really sure what this means. Again, therapeutics, I'm, I'm curious. Help me out here. What do you think? Do you feel protective of your clients? Is that the right word? Would you alter that in some way? But point is, do we feel neutral or are we neutral? I don't think so. But we should absolutely have healthy boundaries. Yes. I do think that she goes on to say, I had been in bad relationships before, but the one I'm in now is really making me happy. So I was confused by his negative reaction. So that might relate to that protective thing, a negative reaction to her being, Oh, okay. Yeah. That feels more like jealousy to me to her. So it's a negative reaction to her being in a healthy relationship or to her being in a relationship, which she's happy with. So, that does feel more like jealousy and controlling to me. That that's different. That's I wouldn't call that protective. I would call that controlling. That's just my own words. She goes on to say, "Yesterday I decided to take a break mainly because I can't afford it." He said he felt like I was breaking up with him. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> that's not productive. That's not productive. Um, that's something different. That is uh, something different. He said he felt like I was breaking up with him, called me honey, and said, I know you'll come back to me. So are there any red flags here? (laughs) Jeez. At this point, there should be uh, no confusion. That Yeah, there's some red flags here. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Let's read that again. She decided to take a break, mainly because she can't afford it. Okay. And he said he felt like I was breaking up with him. This is not a healthy boundary. Earlier I was talking about we have to have healthy boundaries. This is not one of them. Therapists, we don't get broken up with. We get fired. (laughs) It's it's different. So that's not what's happening here. Although she said uh, a break. But therapists, people don't break up with us. That's not appropriate. That's If that's where your mind is at, that's not therapy. That is some sort of I don't even know what to call it. That's not therapy. If you're calling your clients, honey, that is not therapy. That's not therapy. That's, um, that's indicative of a very unhealthy boundary on the therapist's side. Saying that I know you'll come back to me. That is not therapy. That is indicative of a very unhealthy boundary on the therapist side, in my opinion. So are there red flags here? Yeah, big ones, big ones. This is all, you know, look, this is, um, nah, I won't, I won't get judgmental, but this has definitely crossed a very uncomfortable line. This is not reflective of, of 
a healthy therapeutic alliance on the therapist side. This, this suggests there's not a connection with the client. This feels very unhealthy. Un, this feels very over the line, right? If, if there was a connection to the client in a situation like this, I think that therapist would be feeling that or asking, how is our alliance doing? How is our relationship going? How is this therapeutic relationship going? How am I doing for you as a therapist? They would ask. They would, they would make it okay to talk about. If they're picking up on something, like the, I had a session tonight where we were talking about the homework for the week and I gave my thoughts and usually it's a collaborative approach. But I felt like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm telling them what the homework is versus us working together. So I made it okay and I said, if you think this is stupid, let me know. <laughs> if you're not in on this, let me know. You know, and I, but I asked like, I made it okay to talk about in my own way, right? But I said, does this sound like okay to you? Is this something you can do? I want to make sure we're on the same page. If you think this is dumb, just let me know. Because it's a collaborative approach. I, I do the best I can to be in sync or attuned to what my client needs and where they're at. And if I feel like I'm I'm not enough, or if I don't feel attuned enough, I put it out there, I ask if I'm, if I'm providing an appropriate intervention, homework assignment, understanding, listening, whatever it is, I, I just, I ask. But the ask shows that there's, it's, this is a two-way thing. I'm here for you. This is a two-way thing. We're working together. Saying, I know you'll come back to me is not, that is not there. That's not that's not a two-way street. This very much feels like an unhealthy, like this is something that somebody would say in, a, in an unhealthy relationship. And it's interesting that, that Amanda, uh, part of what she said she was working on was unhealthy relationship or that she had just gotten out of a divorce or, or unhealthy relationship. And so therapists, we have to be aware of parallel processes. We have to be aware of is what I'm providing, what is what I'm doing, mirroring something in their life outside of therapy? Am I just repeating old patterns or am I providing them a unique and healthy experience, a corrective emotional experience, whatever you want to call it? So look, for, for myself, I'm a man. When I work with women or teenage girls, I have to be aware, I have to be very aware of whether or not I'm repeating dynamics that they've had in, in, in relationships in the past in, uh, I'm also older than most of my clients. I work with, uh, teenagers mostly. And really I'm kind of old enough to be their parent. Oh boy. Wow. Okay. (laughs) So it's, am I repeating or mirroring things in their life? If I meet with them and I'm too pushy on like, do your homework, come to school. That could easily look like what their dad says at home or what their parents says at home. I have to make sure I'm not simply repeating what they get outside of therapy. If I'm meeting with someone whose parents don't 
listen to them, talk over them, minimize what they say. I, as a therapist, obviously cannot repeat that. They can't come into therapy and get the same kind of treatment. I have to provide something that is much different. I can't mirror what they get outside of therapy. If so, it's just reinforcing possibly the reason why they came into therapy. It might just be reinforcing of it. And it sounds like in situations like this, where a client comes in who has difficulty recognizing red flags or who has, who has some pain with uh, relationships, when, and this is a pretty egregious example, but if they come into therapy and get the same flavor of a relationship, of a therapeutic relationship that meets, that matches or mirrors a romantic relationship, all it's doing is reinforcing the pain of whatever happened, of, of, of that other relationship. Therapists have to be providing something unique. It has to be healthy. It has to be healthy boundaries. It has to be ethical. I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot to this. We, we can't just be doing whatever pops in our mind. And it sounds like this person, this character here, was kind of doing that and lost sight of his role as a therapist. Thank you for listening to... I, I love doing these bad therapy things. I hope this is helpful. And I get messages from people that these are helpful. And that excites me because I want you to get the best out of the people that you're putting your trust into or your vulnerability or your hope. I want you to get the best out of them. I want you to have a clear line of what you're willing to accept or not accept. If you're paying for a service, I want you to get the best service that you deserve. So if I can bring a lot of transparency to, to our role on this side of things, I'm happy to do so. So I'm, I hope this was helpful. I'm glad it's been helpful for so many. And again, I do have a couple more of these in the Patreon. Five bucks a month gives you access to a whole other podcast with hours and hours and hours of stuff that I'm adding to. I do many episodes or add many episodes to that every week. So become a patron. Five bucks a month. There's a link in the description.